This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. Welcome to the Chase Thomas podcast. We're recording this on a Thursday night. Maxwell Bombach, not me on the other line. It's Maxwell Bombach. Let me make that clear to all the RBR listeners who are going to get very confused when they hear this um, person on the other side of the Skype call. Maxwell, good evening. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Did you just try to sound like me there? I yeah, kind of. I wanted to try and get it close. I don't think we sound alike, though. We don't. I don't. I, 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 I don't just, know what it is. I think we do have some similar uh, inflections. Like I think we will emphasize uh, points in a similar manner at times, but I think that's kind of where the comparison ends for me. <laughs> well, I also don't think, uh, I mean, it's we can't really comment on this because we don't, like, the way we sound to ourselves doesn't sound like what other people hear, so from that's that point, we can't really comment on it, but I do think it's funny that this this running joke that, for whatever reason, people think that we sound alike, but I don't think that's true. But anyway, you are a co-host on RBR Wrestling, and... You had a show this week. Very good yeah. show. No will. I mm-hmm. think that's what really made the show, to be honest. Is just, yeah, it was I nice hate to him. get a break. We'll edit this out in post, but I really hate William R. Washington a whole lot. Mm. It was just, it was nice. Um, I'm not saying that that should be a permanent, like you should turn into a triple threat instead of the Fatal Four, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. rule it out. Yeah, I mean, I'm not opposed to uh, throwing William Washington off a cruise ship at high seas. <laughs> I really, it's like that, um, do you watch Arrested Development? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember when, uh, this is really in the weeds here, but, you know. Okay. You never know on this podcast where we're going to go. But anyway, um, there's an episode where Michael, um, they're, they're looking for, uh, Kitty, the assistant. Yeah. And, um, he's in the police station and they're like, uh, he makes a, like, offhand joke of, like, I hope, uh, I didn't throw her in the back bay or something like that. And <laughs> yeah. they're like, can you send an officer down to the back bay? And he's like, I really <laughs> Yeah. Um, I re- and he's like, I really hope that's not what happened to her. Um, <laughs> yeah. But that's what I just thought of. But anyway, uh, we are not going to be talking about Arrested Development tonight. We are going to be talking about professional wrestling because one of the things that you don't get to talk about enough through Twitter podcast or wherever is professional yeah. wrestling so i just wanted to give you one more outlet um to actually do that tonight yeah i really do appreciate that because i spend most of my waking day just wishing i could be talking <laughs> about more professional wrestling but i was actually really excited to come on because this is a good show and i'm i'm excited and i think this was a very interesting week in wrestling in general i think it was good i think it was as well okay i think there so, were a lot of positives yeah and not a whole lot of like super negatives I think one of the negatives is just unavoidable with this new pay-per-view schedule where you can just tell in my notes, like I am a gigantic dork and I just take notes on every sporting event that I'm watching and everything like that for future column ideas, podcast ideas, that kind of thing. But yeah, um, one of the things I wrote down is just, you can just tell from the commentary that they 
are just so exhausted pushing this money in the bank stuff and they don't know how to keep selling a pay-per-view that's just still we're still not the go-home show it's like they are incredulous that it's still not the go-home show week it it just it's dragging and dragging and dragging and i think that was one of those just um i I, it, it was just something that was unavoidable with this new schedule and i think both shows are hurting because of it because we just have to keep pressing on and doing these little bits that they have to do because they can't move forward until this pay-per-view happens yeah i think that i think little bits is like a a great way of putting it um every week for like the last month and a half now i've been like yeah well money in the bank is on sunday (laughs) like it's it's just seemed like it was right around the corner for so long because they announced a lot of stuff for it early and i think part of the issue with that is that the way the WWE product is written now, which I'm I'm not saying that this alone makes it good or bad. Um, a lot of the writing is just a lot of like these people are wrestling each other again or like this is this match. And then there's like three simple events on like raw one, raw two, raw three to set up into the pay-per-view. And it's very linear and straightforward and paint by numbers. And they do that regularly. We're having this longer layoff is really exposed that they're not the best at working outside of that format well it's also like they're not giving their creative staff um just the the kind of consistency that they need to put together a thoughtful show is just when you're changing the pay-per-view schedule mid-year it's Mm -hmm. hard to just it's really hard to just game plan for five weeks of television and just keep people interested in these feuds and a lot of these feuds it's not like they started five weeks ago they started a couple months ago, like because yeah. don't end in professional wrestling anymore, and um, we're still going. And you're just like, how is this still happening? How is Carmella still cutting promos on Oscar? How is she not actually at this match yet? How is mm-hmm. AJ and Nakamura? AJ and Nakamura is the one that I think is that is the program that's suffering the most. For which is this. interesting because it's been good, and this week I think they had one of their best bits yet. Um, I uh, I wrote about this in my SmackDown recap, but it was like. I think Road Dog watched Dark Knight over the weekend, <laughs> and I'm pretty certain he was he saw the Joker Batman interrogation scene and was like, "Yes." He like texted Shinsuke like, "Do you mm-hmm. think you could pull this off?" And Shinsuke's <laughs> like, "Let's see what happens." And uh, yeah. that I, does this make Paige um, Commissioner Gordon in this analogy? I don't know. Yeah, 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 one hundred percent. I always thought she was the Commissioner Gordon of professional wrestling so yeah well i've been saying that for years so i yeah i'm not gonna you were on that that one yep yeah many people will say that i invented the idea that Paige was the uh the the, uh. is that crazy though anyway that i just (laughs) that was my first thought it was like it worked and he i thought they were gonna do the pencil trick because he was looking for the pen yes that would have been act that would have actually been amazing if he actually slammed aj (laughs) (laughs) i would have i would have enjoyed that yeah, I, th- I thought the problem with that feud is I feel like it's good and what's happening now is good, but I don't want to see them wrestle again. And I feel like they're doing as well as they can to get people back to that point. And I think most people are. I think I'm an outlier here. I think most people are excited for this next match, but I feel like I've seen them wrestle so many times over such a long period of time now that and, and none of those matches have really been exceptional mm-hmm. that it makes it hard to get excited for this yet again despite how great uh shinsuke's heel work has been it's a good example of like the theoretical match is always better than the actual match 
and <laughs> like it's easy to fantasy book a five star match between heel Shinsuke and babyface AJ Styles, but like once you see it, you're like, I, I don't know why this doesn't like it, I don't know why it doesn't just blow the doors off everything. Like I don't. There, what would you say you? used to book professional wrestling at freelance yeah. which your dude mustafa ali and one of my favorite baby faces in the company now doing yeah he's so good. Like, he's so good his um cell phone promos the only good examples of that in uh the WWE right now yeah i highly encourage and, people to, it seems genuine and that's what works yeah for him. yeah he well dude. that's like who he, yeah like he's playing himself on tv which is great and helps him a great deal it turns it helps out anyone good. a great deal yeah um and he's he's always been so good in the ring but like he's a very mature guy and that's a small part of the reason that the belt was put on him at freelance was his, his general maturity. Like he's a guy who knows himself very well, understands limitations of others very well and always can find a way to maximize what he's given. Um, but yeah, it is a baby facing WWE. I almost think he's gotten better. I think he's continued to improve. And I think a lot of his like, Selling and movements in the ring in general have improved a great deal. Yeah. And there wasn't like a ton of room for improvement that was obvious if you saw him wrestle before WWE. And he seems like someone like if you were doing like power rankings who are most likely to succeed outside of 205 Live in the Cruiserweight bubble. I think he's in oh, the, yeah. the top three. It's him. Yeah. yeah. Buddy I Murphy. Think Cedric could. I don't think oh, Cedric Buddy. is. Cedric just kind of scares me because of just... His same face after every kick out? I mean, that his i don't he's not comfortable on the mic it's just not his thing yet but he's also super young i want to say cedric's like mid-20s so, I so he's got room to grow it's just i don't think he would succeed i don't want to compare him to like apollo cruz or anything but i would say that like him getting lost in the shuffle on smackdown or raw but then again everybody gets lost in the shuffle shout out to jeff hardy mm-hmm. who has just not been on smackdown for the oh, last couple weeks so sad i don't is that do you think he requested off or do you think like it's the AJ Styles thing where they're just protecting him a little bit because he's got some bang like potential injuries because like Styles doesn't wrestle on the show anymore and um it it's a really weird thing but um, yeah I mean neither would surprise me but I think with Jeff it's it's an odd case because I think when the Hardys came back to WWE a lot of people were excited about Broken Matt but I know myself my fellow RBR hosts yeah we're excited about the idea of another Jeff Hardy singles run And it feels like what we've gotten of it so far hasn't been great, and it's only simmering more. Which is frustrating they because keep he is in really good shape right now. I don't remember him yeah. being in this good shape. In the, like, the yeah, last physically he years. looks yeah. great, and he's like Matt. I think is his visibly lost a lot of his mobility at this point, and Jeff is is not really. Um, I think he's like more muscular now so he moves a little bit slower but mm-hmm. he's still able to do everything that he he can do and going slower i think a lot of times in wrestling makes high spots and things like that pop more mm-hmm. uh so I, I don't think it's like an issue for him i think that's why the finn balor kevin owens match worked this week was that <laughs> it went really slow and kevin owens just those two work really well together and i mean back to raw a little bit like one of the weird things about this show is among a lot of things but finn balor and kevin owens going on last the crowd was into it it was the hottest um that the crowd had been that night and they were into it like the ending was just kind of suspect of kevin owens just getting himself dq'd and that kind of thing but that stuff doesn't really bother me on just regular programming it bothers me more on pay-per-view non-finishes with dqs 
those yeah, yeah, yeah. shout out to Shinsuke and um, AJ Styles, but on Raw, it's fine. You'll forget about it in two weeks. Like no one's going to remember that. But what yeah. we'll remember is just how good those two are together. And mm-hmm. just this, they didn't bring up the fact that they were both universal champions and that there's only been four of them. And they didn't hype up this main event match of like these two former top guys on raw are going yeah. head to head. I, I thought that would have been of, such an easy way to right? just add. I didn't really understand cheaper. that. That's like one of those quality control things that this company still just doesn't do well. But then again, I was thinking, you know, maybe it's because Brock Lesnar's not there that they mm-hmm. just want to take as much attention off that belt as possible so they just maybe. don't mention it. I, I don't know. Do you have an answer for that? That that part I don't know, but I will say it is odd because like that that was the fact that I didn't know until you pointed it out. But it is something that you feel like when they look up um, first time ever all the time. Mm-hmm. Like there's clearly somebody who checks every single time because they love to advertise things as first time ever. You think that they would at least look into like their general histories, yep, and at least see like, oh, hey, hey, this is odd. Like he was Universal Champion and then he got injured. No one's wanted from him. Like there's still unfinished finished uh, unfinished business there. Like that in and of itself is something that you could touch on, and but. it just works. Those two, like Kevin Owens, is just still one of the best heels when he wants to be, and Finn Balor is yeah. such a naturally great babyface that I don't really understand why this is not the summer feud. Like, why is this not the yeah. universal title feud on Raw that they should build around? I, I think, yeah. yeah, I think part of the issue, and I think you're seeing it a little bit with Owens, more so with Zayn in terms of how they're presented. I don't think that their SmackDown run went how WWE hoped. What do you and think they I, hoped? I think they hoped for, I guess, just a, a more successful run. I feel like, to me, it lost a lot of steam. And I know a lot of people really enjoyed it, but it did feel like they were wavering in overness. They were, and a lot of it wasn't their fault. The booking yeah. of it was weird. But I, I feel like they kind of, I, and I know Shane McMahon was in the match, but I think they underdelivered at Mania in the match with Brian. Like, I feel like the buzz coming out of that should have been stronger. I, I don't know. I feel like their SmackDown run left me kind of uninspired. I don't think they had a lot of great matches during that stretch mm-hmm. when they were paired with AJ Styles, which I could see the and company thinking is an indictment of them. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like they kind of had a cool run on SmackDown in terms of like not hot, cool, not like radical. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think that they were looking to put them in any sort of position to succeed. But Owens to me clearly has some sort of fire under his ass recently. That five-year deal, man. Maybe, I don't know, but he's he's been going exceptionally hard since mm. he's been put back on Raw. And he his sold for Braun Strowman like he was Dolph Ziggler a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you look at that, I think the first match back with Zayn when they were competing for one contract, I mm. thought that was a really great match. Maybe the best TV match this year for WWE. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I think that Owens needs some rehabilitation and to be built back stronger again. But I do agree that Balor is like, in terms of just pure in-ring wrestling, like Finn Balor is, other than like John Cena, the best babyface wrestler in WWE. And he's busting his ass too. Like he's getting, like he's racking up these kind of late game losses where it was just like he lost the feud with Seth Rollins. He went really hard with Braun Strowman a couple weeks ago. But it mm-hmm. it's still like they clearly still value him. But I'm still I'm not sure how much you know. Like it's clear I, it's not I the think... same way they saw him mm-hmm. two years ago. But yeah. at the same time, they I, I don't know. I can't get a I think read they, on what they value him a lot. I think the issue is that that's in general kind of how WWE books smaller baby faces mm. that get over like that. 
Yeah. Like even look at Aries on 205 Live. Like Daniel Bryan is obviously like the biggest example ever of it. But I think when there's smaller baby faces that work well from underneath, like like a Finn Balor, um, I think that they think guys like that losing is fine. Because I think they know that the crowd loves them because they're an internet darling. So they're going to cheer that person no matter what. Mm-hmm. They'll always come across as scrappy because of their size. And if they lose, it makes it more special when they win. And I think that's the issue. I don't think that's how you should be booking Finn Balor. I think, believe it or not, uh, having a baby face overcome the odds would actually be the best thing for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think it's it's just a booking issue there. Would you I think that they have Braun the right intentions. I don't think it's good. No. Okay. No, I think Braun, Braun Rollins and Finn are the three people that I'm like, they could be the guy at oh, any point. Oh, can we talk about this? Okay. I've been waiting for this portion of the conversation. Okay. Braun Strowman. So Jim Ross said that, um, I think it was on his podcast a couple weeks ago. He said that Braun Strowman was his pick to be the lead mule, as I think his phrasing, for mm-hmm. the company in 2019. Mm-hmm. That is not going to happen. And I don't think so. And I think there why are I, people I think doing this. on him. It's not an indictment on him. And it has nothing to do with him. I agree with a lot of Ross's points that he's gotten better every year. He's putting on great matches with Finn Balor. He's putting on great matches with Kevin Owens. Like it's clear that he can work with just about anybody and put on a compelling, interesting match other than Brock Lesnar. But um, I guess that's beside the point right now. The point is anyone still talking themselves into Roman Reigns, not being the guy in 2019, 2020, 21, like they just, it's tunnel vision where you're just like, well, if this goes right, like you can't just pretend that Roman Reigns doesn't exist. Like he is main evented for sure. WrestleMania is the only person mm-hmm. with a longer streak is Hulk Hogan. What? Mm-hmm. Like that's not by chance. Like Vince McMahon is not going to flip the script with, especially with the TV deal. Yeah. Like if, if their TV rates had come up, maybe they'd be like, all right. Oh shit. You know what? Let, let's punt on this. Let's figure it out. Let's go with somebody on a temporary plan and then we'll figure out who we want the next guy to be and try them. But yeah, no, like there's no reason for them to not keep doing what they're doing. They continue to draw a massive house for WrestleMania every year, mm-hmm. which it's because it's WrestleMania. It's not because of Roman Reigns. But <laughs> the point is that they keep drawing a massive house for Mania every year. They've scored a unf- two unfathomably large television contracts. There's no punishment for what they're doing right now. That's a really good point. Yeah, yes, like WWE and it sends like, the wrong message can, to Vince who all they the want. Company. They're like, oh, we're yeah. doing a great job. It's like, well, no, <laughs> just live sports is just really in right now, and you're uh, mm-hmm. cashing out on that, which is a smart business thing to do. But yeah. at the same time, it doesn't mean that your product is in a good place. Well, that's the thing is like you're still losing customers. Like there's still less in general. There's less people attending you know live events, television tapings, etc. There's still less people watching over on TV. I don't know the YouTube numbers, but from what I understand, there's less viewers now than there have been in the past. Which is weird because they Which literally is... book their shows around YouTube. Yeah. Like they um, break it up. They're like, I want to believe in those like if that ever gets leaked, like there's some script that says make sure that this translates well to YouTube. Like I want there that to be, be a yeah. little note on every promo. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just I just I, I don't see them changing course based on no dissatisfactory main events like until they see some sort of business reason to not push roman reigns anymore barring injury or suspension roman reigns is going to be the guy in 2019 and i just i get frustrated with that because people are just setting themselves up to be angry and annoyed yeah 
because. But I think it's still fair. I think it's still fair to be angry and annoyed. Well, it's not it's, fair to. I would say it's just. It's. I don't want to say ignorant, but I would just say it's. To you should expect to be angry and annoyed if that's how you're going to feel about it. Exactly, and okay. also just talking yourself into anyone other than Roman Reigns being the guy in professional wrestling with everything that you know about how Vince McMahon operates and how he books his top guys. And once he settles on somebody that is his guy and he's going to go all out, like you can't just Mm -hmm. ignore the history. You can't ignore his three time WWE world title runs. You can't ignore the fact that he is the only one to push Lesnar to the extent that he has in the last couple years, that he is the only other one outside of Brock Lesnar to beat the undertaker at WrestleMania. Like if you look up and down the list, like it's just Roman Reigns checks every Vince McMahon box of like, we are going to make this happen. It's not like he shied away from John Cena Mm -hmm. once he started getting mixed reactions and they're not the same, obviously, but he's still stuck by John Cena for 10 years. He's stuck by Hulk Hogan. He's stuck by his guys that like, once he picks you, that's it. Like Chase, he's he's stuck by Diesel. Exactly. Like it's just like and that there, there was been his business repercussions at that point in time. And he's still stuck with them. Yeah. He's, I think he's just a stubborn guy, which, I mean, it's mm-hmm. paid off, I guess. I mean, he's a billionaire, but at the same time, people who are just like, well, I think this is going to be the guy. I think Ricochet is going to be the uh, <laughs> Mr. Raw in 2021. It's yeah. Like, no, he's not. I love Ricochet. Yeah. I would love for that to be the case. That is not mm-hmm. the best case scenario for Ricochet. It's still Roman Reigns. Yeah. And it's it's tough because I, and I think a lot of people have a hard time for whatever reason. Wrestling is like one of the few art forms where the commercial viability of it is brought up by its fans all the time. Mm-hmm. Like you would never see someone be like, well, the best restaurants McDonald's because look at how many cheeseburgers <laughs> they sell. Right. Like there's no one in the food industry that would argue that that McDonald's is the best restaurant. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, with wrestling in, in the way that it's been reported on and evolved in, in terms of the reporting of it, like ratings and business and all that goes hand in hand with how the informed consumer deals with the product maxwell i've got a take for you okay both things can be true here okay yeah braun Strowman can be really good and be capable of being the guy in the wwe in 2019 (laughs) and he could also have zero shot in the world of being the guy in 2019 for the wwe that makes me true yeah. yeah that doesn't mean i hate braun Strowman. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't understand. I, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm beating a dead horse now, but that was just something I had a lot of thoughts on and wrote about this week. And it was just something that had been, I've seen it so- tossed around the last year and you saw mm-hmm. like he lost the feud with Lesnar. He lost the feud with Reigns and he's had a bad yeah. year. Like this is not even just like the 2017 well, I, run where he was yeah. red hot. He is nowhere near where he was a year ago. He's yeah. He's not as over as he was a year ago. And the other issue is that, yeah, he's, con- a, he's, he's continu- continuing to simmer, but, He's firmly positioned as like the number three guy, which is fine, which yes, but it's also like a, not something that people will latch on to. No, like the idea of like, hey, Lesnar's the champion and like other than Lesnar, Roman Reigns beats everybody. I got great. And news then right below him is Braun Strowman, who beats everybody below him, but does yep. not beat Roman Reigns or Brock oh. Lesnar. Like and that's that's a hard spot to care about because I could theoretically invest in Roman Reigns struggling and wanting to be the top guy. But to see like the number three guy try to become the number two guy and then the number one guy. Yeah. It's not as uh, not as linear of a story. Can you make the case that wrestling Braun Strowman is bad for your career? Bobby Roode looked like a huge dork this week. Yeah. And this was like the guy in NXT a year ago. Or I don't even know if it was a year. I think this is what they want out of Bobby Roode, though. 
well, which I mean, is he did it to Finn Balor too. Like he was throwing around Finn Balor. Yeah. Obviously, there's a bigger size discrepancy. But like when you're someone that is as big as Braun Strowman, I don't think it helps <laughs> any of their like top level guys. Like I don't even think it helps no, Kevin Owens no, no. to have yeah, a long he match. Shouldn't... It just they don't yeah. look good against him. No, I, I think they need to be smarter about that. Um, because, yeah, like you mentioned, like Bobby Roode was again in NXT, but he's also another example of them calling people up from NXT without their actual contingency plan that they claim they have. Oh, no, I think that was the plan all along. Is, because uh, Bobby Roode's come up, he yeah. did nothing. He feuded with, uh, feuded with uh, Baron Corbin for a little bit, and oh then God, he did nothing again. <laughs> yeah, 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 that was a thing. And mm. then uh, now he's uh, doing nothing, but he's a bad guy now. Is he a bad guy? Has he turned? I think so. He's been presented as like a heel the last few weeks, I feel like. Did he? I don't know. I think they like decided to make him a bad guy. He hasn't done anything bad. But I don't think he would have sold like that against Braun Strowman if he was trying to get cheered. I think that's like a, oh, look at this Mm. coward. I want to see him get beat up. Like, that's why you make those faces. You don't make them for comedy. Trying to get sympathy. I thought it was funny. I think he was trying to be funny. I don't know. Either way, like. It's it's a dumb idea either way. Either you're killing him as a heel or you're killing him as a face, which is even worse. But yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, I've got some great news for you. Roman Reigns is still going to be the next Raw Universal Champion. Probably. Like, I'm there's just no pretend- path for anybody else to get that title over the next year. I am feeling great about my bet that Braun Strowman would not win a world title in 2018. That was the I hot th- pick in 2017. Like, who's yeah. the next WWE champion? I'm like, who's going to win the belt for the first time next? Yeah. I'm like, zero chance of Braun Strowman because if you look at the lay of the land, if you look at how everything is situated, you look at the direction they're going with all their main characters, guess who doesn't fit in anywhere? Guess who got left behind and has to tag with Bobby Lashley in the middle of pay per view cards? Strowman. There was nowhere for him to go because he already feuded with the two top guys on Raw. We already and he did, lost. Yeah, and he lost. We already went there. His only path is if Balor or Rollins or someone else won the title and then he feuded with them. Then I could see it. But if Reigns and Lesnar are going to be the only universal title holders in 2018, Strowman has no shot. I feel like I just upset so many Braun Strowman fans. But No, I think it, but I think that's reality. Yeah. Do you think Nia Jax has gotten a raw deal? Because I don't. Uh, I don't, I never know. I feel like I fluctuate between thinking that Nia Jax is actually good and actually bad all the time. Mm. Are you, how do you um, feel about Natalia actually looking better than Nia Jax over the last month? The, oh, that's totally fair. I think okay. that's definitely fair. I think Nia had like one promo that I think I remember enjoying, mm-hmm. but she's cut a lot of very bad promos. And I think that her in ring work since being women's champion has been very disappointing. I think she like showed flashes before, but her office is her offense is really redundant. Like she'll do a beal in some corner clotheslines like in the first part of the match. And then three minutes later, she'll do it again, which like that's not very it's a like not already very like baby face friendly offense, but also like a baby face shouldn't be spamming their same moves over and over again. Yeah. I mean, she took um, advantage of a hurt Natalia this week and hit her with the yeah. drop. And then but now she's healed for some reason. It's classic WWE writing. Like, there's no like, hey, this character just got over like being bullied and, uh, you know, beat up her bully that you all hate. Like, please, please cheer for her. Like, they went from that to like, well, now we actually need you to boo her because we like Ronda Rousey and that's who's wrestling for the title next. Yeah, I, I like she's know. become a very disrespectful character on screen, which is the polar opposite of what she was. 
going into her last uh, match with Alexa. Yeah. Um, it is, it, it's just, it's not working and I don't know. I'm just kind of glad that, okay. So there was this, it's not as bad. Like it could go worse. It could, I, I love the dichotomy between the raw and SmackDown women's divisions right now because SmackDown this week absolutely nailed every single one. Like it's just night and day between the way the two shows are booking, um, their women's division, but raw, my favorite moment. And you talked about it on, uh, RBR this week, but um, I have a quote for you. Here okay. comes Bailey. Why? I... <laughs> <laughs> so good. I didn't I, even catch that. That's Corey great. Corey Graves literally just said, why? Because Corey Graves knew. Why is Bailey running down to the ring? And it, I, I want to believe that it was a combination of who wants Bailey here? And then two of does she not know she can't just tag herself into a match? She's yeah, you can't with? just join the match. <laughs> um. Here comes Bailey. Why? Maybe my favorite Raw commentary moment of the year. Graves is great. What was your I favorite David Otunga line this week? Uh, I can't say I have one. What's yours? <laughs> I don't think people give Roman enough credit. Yeah, that's a that's direct good. quote. So uh, yeah, because like if you watch the show, th- he gets shafted all the time. Like yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> Do you he know does how get much... enough title matches. <laughs> Do you want to know how much uh, WWE Otunga has watched in the, like the last six months? Zero. I'm sorry, you cut out on me. Oh, I asked how much uh, Otunga has watched of professional wrestling, specifically in the WWE. Oh, this there's year. no way he's been watching any. Yeah, None. there is. No way. He had no idea what was going on. His lines were just complete. You could just tell everything that he was saying was just fed to him word for word. Well, yeah, it was that and a lot of like acknowledging statements. But to be fair, he only had like a lot seven of like, lines. Yeah, a lot of like, I agree. Like a lot of that. <laughs> Coach stuff, was doing that like, when he first came in where it was very yep. obvious that he has not watched the product in like five years. But um, yeah, I don't. None of these options are good. It's really just like Corey Graves, um, Nigel. I like the two of five live guy, uh, Vic Joseph. I like him. Yeah, he's guy. really good. I think I agree. two of five live actually has the best commentary team. They might. Nigel's pretty good. And I feel like whenever Nigel is bad, it's like, I think Nigel will be grudgingly like repeat lines that are fed to him and you can almost hear it in his voice. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm trying to remember what show it was, but I, I think it might have been the, Oh, I can't remember. There was an episode of two, two or five live, like not that long ago where they were in Houston and like someone went up to the top rope and like, you could almost hear Nigel sigh. And he's just like, <laughs> Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> and like, just the way he saw it, like the, the, Oh God, I can't believe I have to say this line because like I'm being told to say it like commentary noise right that now. he made. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. It was tremendous. But I almost, I almost find that endearing in a way. So yeah, I would say they, that that's the best commentated WWE show or the best te- uh, commentated wrestling show, I would say. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, anything else on Raw and SmackDown that you wanted to touch on this week? Um, There was something on SmackDown I, I did want to get your opinion on. Okay. Um, I can list what? everything. Oh, is Carmella okay. actually turning into Enzo Amore on 205 Live? uh kind of yeah okay is that a fair comparison because i Uh, I, that's something i got with she said mela is money 19 times on this show yes it was too much but the thing that 
really stood out for the women's division on this show was Naomi, Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Asuka, Sonya Deville, even Mandy Rose. Yeah. They're Lana. all just... Um, she's better. She's better than she was a year ago. So she deserves <laughs> credit for getting better, but I still think she's actually better. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, and that's I'm the thing there. too is like she's she's only been in like situations where she's been in the ring for about thirty seconds at a time. Exactly. Let's see her in a fifteen minute match with like Becky Lynch. Yeah, if she's in a position where she has to memorize things and I'm still recall them and dubious. like it, yeah. and yeah, figure stuff out on the fly. I don't I don't know that she does as well. But Carmella is now in that role where, like, and this was the Enzo problem on 205 Live, where it's just, like, there's so much talent around him that yeah. it looks ridiculous for him to hold this title because you're like, Carmella isn't, like, she should not be yeah, able I to think this is way worse than it, Okay. Because at least, Enzo, like, cause at least it, up until that point, you could make the argument that 205 Live was presented very poorly yep. and Enzo Amore had been presented very well. So you could theoretically move him over to that show that doesn't have a lot of heat around it. At least he's a guy who has some buzz. We're like Carmella didn't have buzz going into this and is significantly less talented as much as I want to like her. She's got better. Think- she deserves credit for her mic work. She is good yes. at keeping the crowd interested. Like she's really good now. Mm-hmm. She's very good in that regard. But yeah, in the ring, she's not come very far as far as her, her offense. Um, that super kick was weird. Selling. It was weird. Yeah, it just like doesn't hit. That is wonky. Yeah. Um, she's not there at all, and she had nothing going into it. She had no steam prior to this, so I think this is much, much worse. And I think the okay. talent disparity is. So it's not crazy for me to say that, like, it was just glaringly obvious on this week's show, where it's like, absolutely. How can you watch Becky Lynch and Charlotte just go at it and have this really? I don't want to say innovative, but it was different because like that spot where they grabbed each other's legs and they had this like one, it was like that Michael Scott, Andy Bernard, and um, I forgot who else was in this. Uh, maybe Kevin, where they had the fake shoot off in that episode where um, they play that uh, Savannah murder mystery game at the end of it. Yes. Where yeah, yeah. they had the standoff and they, one of them just leaves and it turns out fine. That's what I thought of when I was watching this was that it was just different. It was like, we've seen faces versus faces and friends versus friends, but like this is a different take on it. And I really enjoyed it. It wasn't super long, but there was tons of great reversals. It was clear that these two had scouted each other really well and it worked together a bunch. Just, they knew what each other was going to do at every moment. And it still ended with a surprising result, but I don't know how you could watch that. You could watch Naomi do some of the stuff that she was able to do in that mixed tag with Lana and Aiden and Jimmy and then just Asuka, like Sonya Deville is really good. I feel kind of I bad like her, for her a lot. I, okay. I feel really bad for her because it feels like she's been kind of like you look at what Rousey has gotten when she came in. You look at Shayna mm. Baszler on NXT. Like Sonya Deville didn't get that kind of immediate backing that the rest of yeah. the former MMA workers got. But, but I think to be fair, been, she wasn't nearly as successful as in MMA for sure, for sure. Rousey or Baszler. But I think she's a much better wrestler than both of them right now. I I can't speak to Ronda, but I thought she was, honest to God, like the best pro wrestling debut of all time at okay. WrestleMania. Um, so I'm going to hold out on that. After Money in the Bank, I will probably uh, sincerely apologize for that. Um, I like Ronda. Let me be clear. I, I do like too. Ronda, but I think Sonya Deville is just really yeah. good. Yeah, and I... Th- I I don't know, though, because I feel like she hasn't been in positions to get exposed, really. Like, Sonya Deville hasn't had to have, like, 18-minute-long matches like Shayna Baszler has. True. So maybe if I saw her in that setting, I would feel that way. 
but I will say that she does have the best, like, genuine presence between mm-hmm. her and Baszler. She she feels more like a badass MMA fighter than Shayna Baszler does, despite me as an MMA fan knowing it's quite the contrary. Right. Um, but De- yeah, Deville has an energy and an aura about her that's very hard to replicate. And she so is at least solid in the ring. And that's the thing, too. Mandy, like, comes across star. like a star. Yep. So, I, yeah, I think they both have very high ceilings. But I, I do think they need to pivot with Sonya's gimmick soon. I think having her be the third MMA fighter in the company is not a good look. And she does come across as intimidating anyway. So I think you can find some other sort of thematic gear idea for her and just have her be intimidating and she'll still pull it off great. I agree. She So Asuka has to be Carmella at Money in the Bank, right? You would think. I, I mean, there could be a schmozzy finish and all that kind of stuff. But even still, I don't think you can do it. Yeah, there, I, I think this is where you have to draw the line. And then you go down the road of Asuka, Becky, uh, Charlotte. I think that should be the summer program, is the three of them. And maybe a triple threat. See, I really yeah. worry about Becky getting lost in the shuffle. Because I think where they're headed is Asuka wins. And then Charlotte positions herself as, you know, hey, I, I beat you for that title, blah, blah, blah. You know, Ooh. Whatever, yeah, I hold the win over like, you, but now you hold the belt. Come back into play there. I, I don't know. Maybe, but I just, I just feel like Becky's gonna end up being odd woman out. Oh no. Well, which has been going on for like I was a year say now. That's par for the course. Crazy. Yeah. But yeah, I, I worry that she's gonna be kind of on the outside looking in through Mania. Why did people think that big cast segment was good? Why are his promos all like ten minutes? He gets more time for promos for someone who doesn't deserve it than any and when other first, wrestler today. when he first came back i was so excited because i'd said before he got injured that big Cass is fine in the ring but a lot of his issues were all things that he can fix outside of it his talking his presence and when he first came back i was like oh hell yeah big Cass is gonna be actually good now this is gonna be great i don't believe you and actually was, said oh hell yeah big Cass." i refuse to believe that is something but, you actually said chase chase it was all the mirage Big Cass <laughs> is still actually bad and he's like yeah. gotten worse in the ring i feel like somehow and he cut he cut like a few good promos but like he's gotten consistently worse like i think he built up a lot of good material in his mind and is now out of material and is just kind of skating on by but yeah he's one of the most uncomfortably overpushed people in the company because at least with Roman, you look at Roman and you're like, I get why he's in this spot. Like, he looks great. He moves incredibly well in the ring. He's a great athlete. He can have really good matches. But, like, you look at Big Cass and it's like, all right, like, this guy's, like, weird looking. He's tall. Uh, he's not good at wrestling. He's not <laughs> particularly charismatic. Like, and he's in an upper mid-card position and he should not be. Yeah. It doesn't work. It, it's uncomfortable to watch WWE try and position him in this role when he's so ill-suited for it. Do you know what I think about with that role for him that it could be and it'd be a really hot summer feud? Okay. Rusev. I think if you put Maybe. Rusev with Daniel Bryan, I think they would obviously have a great match. I think Rusev yeah. just... I think it would be more enjoyable because Rusev just making dry, funny jokes and Lana being involved and Aiden being involved to mess with Daniel Bryan would be more enjoyable. And I would much rather listen to the three of them cut promos on Daniel Bryan than mm-hmm. big Cass. But, um, for sure. I don't know. That's been whom or even Samoa Joe. Like he is, I think Joe is being positioned as like the Kevin Owens 
from 2017 on SmackDown, where it's yeah. like, clearly they're going to be a big part of the show for the year, but you're not certain mm-hmm. if they're ever going to actually get a title run, and they're just going to be in one of the bigger storylines on the show. They're going to be there every yeah. week, but you're not really certain how critical they are to the product going forward. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's all. Uh, a did pretty we cover good everything, or did you, did you remember your question for me that you wanted to ask? Oh, I was going to ask. Yeah, so my question, and it was completely unrelated to all of this by the grace of God, uh, was so with the New Day not having announced he was in Money in the Bank, mm-hmm. who do you hope it would be, and do you hope that they win? Because I badly want a Big E title reign. Well, we know that it's going to be someone from SmackDown winning, right? Because Natalia. I think it has to be because yeah, they're not. Yeah, it's not going to. They're not going to do Raw both. Um, so it's going to be a SmackDown person, and it's not going to be Xavier. Mm -mm. Kofi, it's it's down to Kofi and Biggie, but yeah, it's do you give Kofi like the wristwatch title reign, or do you see how far Biggie can go? I just, I think I still go Biggie. I love Kofi, and I think he deserves this opportunity just as much as Biggie does. Just he's been great, and he's still a great worker. And I think he would have some really good main event matches if he's put in that spot for the time being. Like he gets the like. I think this is the summer to take a chance on someone that's actually good, kind of like what they did with Jinder last year. But give this time to someone worthwhile. Give the rub to someone that actually deserves it, and you want to experiment with on SmackDown. And I think you yeah. kind of still know what you have in Kofi. You don't mm-hmm. know what you have in Biggie yet. And I think the only way I you figure you that do. out. Okay. I think Biggie's got it. I think he has the it factor. I think he can go in the ring. Right. I can imagine that he's only gotten better. Like when you think about the singles matches he had a couple years ago, the crowd wasn't really into him yet because they didn't have a, a ton of reason to be, but he's still having very entertaining matches. I think and Biggie big knows game. how to create a very like chaotic big fight feel type of atmosphere yeah, I mean, his suicide dives are i think the most um it's one of the most dramatic spots in right professional okay wrestling. and that works um, i now that i know that you said like absolutely not and i agree but i wouldn't mind like and i'm saying this now without really thinking it through with the repercussions of it i wouldn't mind xavier woods getting like the pro wrestling Noah, like 2002 Yoshidari Ogawa title reign. Are you talking about the WWE title reign? Yeah. Oh, no. Like, oh, what if Maxwell. Xavier wins Maxwell. Money in the Bank Maxwell. and he gets, <laughs> he gets the 2002 Ogawa reign from pro wrestling <laughs> Noah where he like, he's the, the baby face everybody loves and he wins the belt and everyone's like, all right, you don't deserve this. And then Problem he like, number one, defense Red Dog has no it. idea what any of this is. True. But I don't know. That's I, I not think gonna happen. I I wouldn't be entirely opposed to it if it did. I doubt it will happen, but I think if it does happen, I would not be too upset. Okay. I don't think it's me, Xavier. That would be a huge. I feel like that would actually be a letdown. The crowd would actually be annoyed. Uh-oh. I think so too. I I think you're kind of right there. They but might I think do ultimately, that. <laughs> I ultimately think the crowd would be into it. I think you could do something really special with that. For a moment. And then the problem is now you have Xavier Woods as a former world champion. And what do you do for that? And I mean, his sympathy is probably killed world champion, General Mahal. So there's worse yeah, situations true. to be in. But um, I don't know. I really want, I'd really like to see Big E. Yeah. Get a I think big, it's going to be Big E. I think the way they're pushing this, I just, I'm still kind of 
confused as to where they're going as to whether or not there is going to be some sort of internal conflict between the New Day over who gets picked. And that's kind of where they're going of like they won't make up their mind because no one wants to to pick and they're whoever ends up getting it. Or maybe they do their own little segment next week where they pick that. Like, do you think they're going to reveal it before Money in the Bank or do you think it's like... I don't think so. I think it's going to be in the moment. Mm, That's interesting. Um, I hope they keep them together no matter what, though. I, I don't think they have to split them up to give either Kofi or Xavier or Biggie the push. I think that they can help out. They can, it will make the push, I think feel more important if they do it together. Cause it's like, you're getting the new day as the WWE champions and not just one guy. Like, I think that's just mm-hmm. a different take that would be interesting. Just having them be the stars of the show as a group and just happy for Biggie. And yeah, I think that'd be fun. Um, I do too. Like styles with the good brothers. Like, I think you can yes. find a way to make that fun and interesting and he could have good feuds with the Miz. He can have feuds who, by the way, is doing way too much comedy now. And I am not a fan. Uh, I'm getting a little worried. Like I'm not terrified because he's still main eventing. He's still prominent on the show, but mm-hmm. if, like he's still in line to have the biggest pro wrestling match in the company in 2018 very soon. And yeah, it's a story that's built around the Miz takes himself way too seriously and really mm-hmm. hates how much people love this other indie darling. Like he can't yeah. be this jokey. He can't wear the headband. Like what he mm-hmm. looks, you know, I want to believe that he watched Power Rangers, the movie 1995 classic when they go to that other planet after they lose their powers to get their new powers. And yep. that's what he's wearing. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I don't know why he's, doing this he's a good company man maybe ryan ward and old road dog are telling him that it's great but i don't like him dipping his hand into pancake mix i don't like him throwing pancakes at rusev and um samoa joe i don't like him coming off as the butt of jokes again it feels very like 2010 mizzy ish like that was like part of the problem Mm -hmm. is like you didn't take him seriously in that feud with john cena like he wasn't a serious character you didn't believe him. Now, after the year he's had, you believe him as a top heel. This is just top heels just don't get this jokey. They're not the butt of jokes like this. It's just th- this is a dangerous game. And I hope that they avoid falling into the hilarious prop comedy with The Miz because it would be a very, very bad idea. It would be such a shame after the content that he's delivered over the last year and a half or so. Yeah. Um, Anyway, CM Punk, he won his case. Cole Cabana won. Yeah. They hugged. They embraced. Punk cried. It was a good story. I don't blame them. It was yeah. a good moment. I'm glad they won. I can't mm-hmm. imagine what that, like. I it would have been, it would have like ruined podcasting to a point. Like, I I do think it would have set a really dangerous precedent. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm glad that they won too. I, I the argument that the doctor is making is that even though I, I get a full night of sleep every night and I've not lost any money, they made my fifis hurt, which like I, I understand that. And I'm sympathetic toward that to a point. But like it's not something that you can get financial compensation for. And he did a very poor job of illustrating how it could affect future employment or his reputation within the company or whatever. Like it was literally just like a few people sent me mean tweets was basically his <laughs> argument. Um, 
Baron Corbin probably loved this decision because now when he inevitably goes on the Ryback podcast, once he's out oh, of the company yeah. 10 years later and just rants mm-hmm. on concussions and everything else and what uh, WWE doctors uh, said to him. Because remember, he was the guy who went off in that meeting. Yeah. Like Corbin's going to say something. He played in the NFL. He uh, And he always had the reputation in NXT of like, being a guy who's like kind of a dick and just like yeah. says what's on his mind. He's he, he is loving this. He is. No one has ever been more excited to go on the Sam Roberts podcast in 2023. Oh, he can't wait. He cannot wait to dish the goods. Um, yeah. So either way, it's, I, it, it was a good moment, but I do feel bad that like immediately it turns to, all right, punk. Now, uh, when you come back to <laughs> the grabs, I, I feel bad. I might write about this one day, but, it's inescapable and in some sense i think punk should be appreciative or grateful that he still has this much of a just rabid fan base yes five years later and it seems like Mm -hmm. he's annoyed and i understand being annoyed at the questions and the problem is though this is the industry that you're that you grew up in like no one ever leaves forever like hulk hogan still is rumored to come back every single week like there are people that like you never really retire from wrestling. Like you just never know if it's the last time. So he, I I just feel bad because I want him to come to terms with the fact that like, you're never going to avoid these kinds of questions, but it's also like, you're one of the few that people care to see back five years later. Like no, yeah, that's incredibly rare. Yeah. And I think that's, it's good. That means you did a really good job. So yeah, I I like, I think a good, a good illustration of that is Bobby Lashley. (laughs) <laughs> yeah no one was like where when is bobby lashley coming back to ecw to run things mm-hmm. with vince mcmahon that's uh not been a thing people missed um it it's just i get both sides but i do think it wears on punk and i just think at some point he's got to just be like you know what i appreciate it i love that you guys want me back so bad that you chant my name um during boring matches and whenever you're in chicago that kind of thing but like all I can say is right now I have no interest. UFC is my focus, all that kind of stuff. Um, and also he's just had a rough last like four years. Like this, lo- like I can't imagine the toll that this legal battle is just taken on him. Like, and just that loss he had in UFC and just, it's been a rough couple years for him, I think. And um, I am, he is my favorite professional wrestler of all time. I've, it's always been the case for me. I will always want to see him back, but mm-hmm. I also don't think he has any interest in coming back. I think he's a guy like once he makes up his mind, he moves forward and he's very clear. Like I move forward. That's a thing in the rearview mirror for me. But at the same time, you can't avoid those kinds of questions when you made it, you became a superstar in professional wrestling. Like the rock still gets those questions and he is one of the biggest superstars in the world. Mm -hmm. Like he is still going to get asked after fast and furious 13. So when are you uh, coming back to face ricochet? that's coming like yeah. that's gonna happen it's just part of the deal mm-hmm. this is good broadcasting. Yeah. I, no, no i'm i i agree with that i do think you can't fault him though because like that's that's why cm punk is cm punk mm-hmm. like you would not enjoy cm punk as much as a performer if he did not have those same traits that's very true 
like think? him being a prickly asshole in permitting that into how he performs and comes across on screen, knowing what a polarizing figure he is in real life. Like that's what is allowed him to, to be CM Punk. The biggest thing to come out about all of this was what CM actually stands for. Yeah. Chick magnet. It's official now. I thought it was Chicago made. No, 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 no. It was chick magnet. Cause that goes back no, no, to no, the, I'm uh, saying, like, that's what I always thought, but he admitted that it was chick yeah. magnet. I was surprised. Yeah. I, I was not because it's uh, the Lunatic Wrestling Federation in Chicago <laughs> uh-huh. has a storied history and a lot of hanger ons and the wrestling business still in the okay. Chicago indie scene from that promotion. Uh, so I, I was always uh, told by people who'd want to seem cool to me. They'd be like, oh, hey, uh, you know, uh, Phil. <laughs> and they'd be like, yeah, the CM stands for chick magnet. So like it was like a thing that old veteran guys would love to tell you about Phil. <laughs> Which that's my favorite indie wrestler thing is like when someone goes to WWE so then you just call them by their first name all the time mm-hmm. to to prove that you were uh, friends with a, a guy who's actually good at wrestling. But then there are other athletes where it feels normal to call them like LeBron. You don't just call him James. Like they're Kobe. There are certain people that like yeah. for whatever reason it becomes natural and normal but like Phil is just like the cringeworthy I know this wrestler's real name. Like you say, Puck. yeah, it's it's Puck. Don't Rollins. Me. I feel like Rollins is like that too because everyone called them like Tyler Black when he was on the indie scene, and then like as soon as he got to WWE, a bunch of like Midwestern idiots were like, "Oh yeah, Colby," and it's like, "Come on, like get John get out." Moxley. Yeah, like it's like you, it, Rollins was so egregious though because it's like you called him a different name before. You called him like Tyler Black before, and that wasn't weird, and now. Now, all of a sudden, he's Colby to you. Like, get out of here. Yeah. How big a mistake did uh, Cassius Ono make by not just going by Chris Hero in NXT? Oh, I thought you were going to say by going back to WWE. Oh, that too. It was a, con- uh, it was a two-parter. Because, yeah, I, I was going to say his momentum has died a horrific death. And I wonder if he was, like, not in WWE, but still involved with, like, progress and, like, evolve. And, like, maybe he'd... Like you look at how Taji Ishimori made the jump from Noah to New Japan, baby Chris Hero would have done that. Like, it's it's uh, sad to think about. It is because he's good. Um, yeah, and you know who's not? And good? he had he was getting a world school. title match at NXT Takeover. Lars Sullivan. I agree with you. I think he's actually very bad. And I think so. One of my favorite things is like just looking at different big guys of like, okay you have to weigh that this person is either going to be dominant heel, like Braun mm-hmm. Strowman, like upside or something or Vladimir Kozlov, jokey, just Snitsky, like big guy who is. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say was it's like, one or like the other. And he yeah, falls in every, the ladder. Every big guy reminds me of like another big guy. And I feel like that's just how all wrestling fans are. Like big show reminded everyone of Andre the giant, like, abyss it reminded people of uh, like kane and mcfoley combined like it's a very common thing with big men and like even if no one was around and lars sullivan came on the tv like i can't fight an overwhelming urge to point at the tv and say that's snitsky <laughs> like even like yeah. I, I don't know like he's so clearly snitsky like that's that's what he is yeah but he's facing alistair black yeah, who's like done tremendous in big match situations in NXT. So if if anyone can pull it off, it's him. But I feel like I've yet to see anything out of Lars that made me like want to see more Lars. It would be nice to see Alistair Black on NXT more often, though. Yeah, I agree. 
weird booking with him as champion, but it's. But it's I think fine. it's like a lot of NXT champions are like booked kind of weird recently. True. Like I don't think they've booked a champion well since like Kevin Owens. Yeah. He was great. Mm-hmm. He's probably the best NXT champion of all time, right? I would say so. I I feel like he has to be because I feel like while everyone else had like really good matches during the reigns, he had that, but he also like debuted just his Johnson, character yeah. in, in storylines. Well, I, even just in NXT, like he did so many memorable things mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah, like, you know, Neville had, you know, great matches, but like, he I can't Sammy. really recite all of them to you, but I can tell you like the entire timeline of what Kevin Owens did as NXT champion. And I think that's a testament and an era where so much is not memorable um, about title reigns and just in the WWE product in general, that it, it really speaks to the work that he did there. Do you think they should get a TV deal? Because as of right now, it doesn't look like. 205 live or nxt is in position to get on fox or nbc universal i think that's yeah good. i think they're fine what they are i think yeah i think it's, i will say it's, 205 it's live, a driver I think, I think if they were able to put 205 live on sci-fi i would do it oh yeah, yeah yeah no i think something like that would be fine i think for nxt though i think it's very important to keep it in its current position because mm-hmm. i think it's a big driver of network subscriptions to have an entirely week, weekly episodic show on there especially one like out of the two, I feel like 205 Live is one that would drive less network interest. Yep. Because it's happening in front of a crowd that doesn't really care about it in a big arena. NXT at least feels like a hot like product. There's a lot of continuity. It's the stars of tomorrow, whereas like 205 is just like these guys are shorter. Like there's there is a motivation behind the NXT product that makes it a lot more appealing. And there's an aesthetic about it that makes it a bigger draw. And I think for that reason alone. It's something you want to keep on the network if you want the network to be a prominent part of your business plan going forward. Do you think NXT is around five years from now? I don't know. It could look entirely different. Yeah. Um, like it wouldn't surprise me if like they start another developmental tier, which mm. they kind of already do. Like if you look at like the Florida house show loops and whatnot, like I think I if NXT going to say Ring of Honor Impact Wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it wouldn't surprise me at all if wwe were to add like another network show that's in like a small studio maybe you do it in the performance center mm-hmm. like they used to with like the old fcw tapings right and have that be like an even lower level of development all and it's like this is like just for pc people like with no experience and then this is like the gateway to nxt like that wouldn't surprise me at all um especially if nxt if they were to try to make it a tv property or what have you 30 seconds on njp w dominion Dominion. go i think it's gonna be excellent i'm incredibly excited for the title match main event i think that takahashi and osprey has match of the year potential i think will osprey has had the best year of anybody in 2018 i think young right oh yeah 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 he's had a lot of injuries though so i don't know it turns out that kind of style is going to lead to some injuries yeah is he wrestling in five years like this guy nothing would surprise insane but he's 25 and it's yeah it's unbelievable what he's able to do. Nothing would surprise me with Will Ospreay. Like, he's improved so much, but he still is, like, such a hard-working lo- lunatic that, like, yeah, they'll, like, wrestle on an indie show for, like, 30 people and still be like, how about you give me a pile drive off the top rope? Like, I, that's <laughs> a terrible accent, but, like, you get the point. Like, mm. he goes he goes nuts every single match, and he's become a smarter wrestler. He's become better at selling. Like, I, if you told me in five years, like, hey, Will Ospreay is universal champion 
I'd be like, I, I could believe it with like the rate that he's improved. Wait, WWE, and then also if you were, like, WWE Universal yeah, Champion. Yeah, I would believe that. I think that's on the table. And if Five also years. if you were to tell me, yeah, and huh. I also think if you were to tell me Will Ospreay's dead, <laughs> I'd be like, okay, yeah, like Will Ospreay I, is tagging I think, with Jack Evans on Lucha Underground. That wouldn't surprise me either. I think, uh, yeah, because he could wash up very quickly. Yeah. Like, there's nothing off the table for Will Ospreay's career. I think it's one of the most fascinating things to watch. Because I think he's almost, the the length of his last two title reigns combined now, he's almost positioned as, like, the definitive top junior in New Japan right now. Over Sabre. And I think, uh, well, Sabre is, like, kind of at heavy now. Yeah. Um, But I think if you look at the other junior heavyweights, like, Kushida was always, like, long-standing the guy. But I feel like Osprey's been, like, booked stronger than him for, like, the last year now. Uh, at least since Kushida last lost the title, that unless unless if Takahashi wins, like maybe that disproves all of this. Um, but if Osprey wins, I think that that's a signifier that they think Osprey is the ace of the junior heavyweight division now. Any chance uh, Okada loses the belt at this pay per view? I think it's likely. I actually okay. think this is when it's going to happen. But a lot of New Japan fans have thought that for a long time. It wouldn't surprise me if they keep the belt on Okada. It's still kind of amazing to me how young he is. He's only 30. Yeah, which is wild. Like when you think, especially like an American <laughs> how long wrestler. his reign is and just, it feels like he should be like 36. Yes. I always like think he's older. Like I'm always like, well, Okada's getting. He was in getting- TNA like 10 years ago, but he was. Well, like, it's crazy yeah. too because he's so young that like by the time their young lions get back from excursion, they're like 28. So these people, like I, it kind of like makes me laugh a little bit when people are like, oh, it's like. Oka gonna come back from his excursion when he does it and take over for Okada it's like he's like two years younger than Okada like he's got to come for that throne if he wants it because like Okada's not aging out during his peak yep they've got a lot of time left with him who comes to WWE first Okada or Omega Omega okay do you think they both end up there at some point or no I you know what I I don't know I want to say that I, I would be shocked if either of them ended up there. Um, but I, I they don't are know. Advertising the Omega Xavier Woods stuff. On the yeah. And I feel like, I, I feel like I could see them making like an over the barrel type of deal with Kenny where they just pay him out the ass and give him some level of creative control, even if it doesn't last for very long. Can you imagine explaining Kenny Omega to Vince McMahon? in 2018 yeah oh um like so i he would would get okada he would understand it he's like oh yeah got it gold rainmaker perfect i get it yeah omega he would watch and i think he would just be at a loss for words he would be like i I don't get what i'm watching but don't you think he'd be like he makes funny faces (laughs) like i think vince would would get a kick out of him at least and he like looks the part um yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I could see Kenny just getting like a gigantic offer at some point. And I, I think, think Okada is going to go. Slow. I don't it would not surprise me based on where we're at. Okada never making the jump, but Omega just finally getting like you said, getting to the point where they just offer him too much money for him to pass it up and get like one major payday. Yeah, which I think is why a lot of these guys don't leave the company is they're making <laughs> too much money and they're just and like, why would I walk I- away from this? Yeah, and I do think that we are going to get to a point where, like, we start to see stuff where, like, not, like, independent wrestlers were wrestling for WWE, but it wouldn't surprise me if you get, like, one-offs or, like, what Jericho's doing in New Japan. Like, if you start to see that vice versa yeah. in WWE. 
Um, this just popped up, and I have to ask you this. How old do you think Jay Lethal is? 41. That would be close to what I would guess. He is 33. No way. How is that possible? He just I mean, I guess he was like... No, so that means when I started to watch him on ROH like 13 years ago, he was 20. Oh my god, that's crazy. That's I like looked it up because I was like, are, is he looking at the right Jay Lethal? I'm looking like at just wonder right if there's one, like anybody else that yeah could exist with that same name. That's bananas. He's like two years older than Ricochet. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's weird too because I think he's another guy where like, and I was guilty of this to a point too, like put a cap on his ceiling not realizing how young he was yeah and i think that hurt his overall perception like i think people like because i remember thinking to myself in like 2007 like when oh like 16? jay lethal's like hit his ceiling yeah and it's like now looking back it's like he was 22 then yeah like of course he was still gonna get better like that's what of makes course he's gonna become better so intriguing yes he's 22 it's that's the most valuable it's thing about Velveteen Dream right now is he's already yeah. super polished in the ring. He already understands his character. He knows how to talk. He like everything. Like he the only thing like in Velveteen thirty six year old megastar. Yeah, it's amazing. The only, the only thing in his way is going to be himself. Meaning? Like I, I, uh, he got in some trouble at the performance center a while ago. Oh, I didn't know that. And that's yeah. Like there was like a time period. I think it was at the beginning of this calendar year. Mm. Where like it was right after the match with Halster Black, where he was like absent from a lot of NXT programming for like a month. Um, wow. there, yeah, there was a reason behind that, and um, you know, I I think all the talent in the world is there, and I hope he realizes what he has because I don't think that there is anybody with a higher ceiling in the entire company than him. Can I? Have a, in terms I of star power, polish, look, yeah, I think Leo Rush was just moved to Two Hundred Five Live to expedite his release. That one surprised me, but him and Velveteen Dream are boys, so I could that's see them I'm, being that's like... That's why, that was, uh, I didn't know, I, I was, like, they were both from D.C., and I remember... I think they both trained at Maryland Championship Wrestling. Okay. I, I thought they were friends, but I wasn't 100% certain, which makes their, like, because we know what Leo Rush happened there with the tweet and everything else, but, yeah, like, Velveteen Dream also having stuff. Maybe it's good that they're, like, split up now. I don't know. I don't know. If Maybe. Good... I, yeah, I don't this know. This is all I don't random like speculation that I'm not putting money. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, it doesn't seem um, like Leo Rush is going to get over that. I don't know. I Yeah, I think he I think he's lost a lot of goodwill, which is amazing uh, from a tweet. A lot of fans. Yeah. And that's I don't know. I think it, it inadvertently exposed how immature he was. And he, he'd done some not so smart things on Twitter before this as well. But he's also um, 23. Yeah, well, that's the thing yeah. is like I, I a lot of people gave him like a lot of crap, especially on the indie level. Like I I worked on shows with Leo Rush before. I booked Leo Rush. Like mm-hmm. he's he's a, like he's a kid. Like he not yeah. like and I, I don't mean that because like a lot of times people use that defense like inappropriately. But like the stuff he's doing at twenty three is like not stuff that I wouldn't have done at twenty three if I was in his, his exact same position. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who. And I, now he worked his ass off for this. I'm not saying this is ill-deserved. Nobody was hustling like Leo Rush when he first took the indie scene by storm. That guy was hitting up promoters like crazy and getting his name out there everywhere. Um, but the, yeah, like this is a guy who I, I don't know. He he had a lot come to him very quickly. Mm-hmm. He was incredibly successful in the indies very quickly. He got signed to WWE very quickly like i don't know it's it's not surprising to me that he can find himself in over his head at times 
And I think they both know that they're superstars. Yeah. At a young age, they yeah. just knew. Oh, yeah. And I think it's a, it. And I think it's slightly more irrational with Leo Rush. Yep. Um, Which is unfortunate because yeah, a lot of it just seems like stuff that's out of his control, like being short. Yeah, he's very small. There's nothing you can uh, do about that. No. But I th- but the good thing that he has going for him is that there's I'm aware of a lot of people that are like office in WWE that are still very high on him and are That's pulling good. for him. And I think that they're like, oh, I think they're cognizant of the fact that he's a kid. Well, that's good. And like if you look at what they went through with Randy Orton, like I think WWE is very aware of say, that. Can now. you imagine? If and I think Twitter that's a big part of the reason for Orton or Shawn Michaels when they were like 22. Oh, it would have been insane. But I think also <laughs> like, I think now that's why you see them signing older indie wrestlers. Like, I think there's a lot of, like, truth to, like, let's let these kids get the stupid out of their system before they come here. Hmm. I, I think that's a big part of it with, like, the travel schedule and, like, it, not being a piece of shit and an asshole has never meant more in WWE than it does now. It's good. That's why Johnny Gargano is the number one babyface and Tommaso Ciampa is the number one heel. Yeah. There we go. Uh, Maxwell Bombach, this was great. Absolutely. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me on. We can find you on Twitter at MaxwellRBR. We can listen to you on the RBR podcast. We can also support RBR and all the other podcasts that are spawning out from the network on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash RBR Wrestling, where you have your own podcast with your wife. Yes, yeah, it's called RBR This Is Your Wife, where my wife and I watch all the old Attitude Era uh, stuff uh, in order, chronological order, so you can follow along with us. embarrassing to watch it with your wife? yes and no so she's like been to wrestling shows and like will watch like pay-per-views with me so she like she has like a pretty solid current product i'm saying of like just thinking about how they portray like a lot yes it's so problematic that's that's what i was gonna say is that like there are times where it's it's difficult to explain it's like she knows that like wrestling had a past so to speak (laughs) and that it like wasn't the best but like there's certain things that happen where it's there's one that we talk about on, on episode five, which is going to drop in like a week or two where like it was just so embarrassing that I was like, I can't believe like I was allowed to watch this as a kid. Like, I can't believe I'm making you watch this now. There's just some stuff that's Please don't so bad. Yeah. Do you want to yeah. watch Gilmore Girls? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can watch Gilmore Girls again if you want. I'm not. even. Uh, gonna, by the way, that's not a dig at Gilmore Girls. It's oh, Gilmore Girls. Rules. Hey, Love what's Gilmore. your favorite? Who's your favorite Ori boyfriend? Oh, it's Jess by far. Team Jess. Well, for life. Yeah, long long term, it's Jess. I think I think the real power. Don't you dare say Dean. Is original Dean, Jess, uh, Wait, Logan Huntsberger, Dean. and Are you then talking about like from not the year. In Dean, the I'm saying Dean. The first time they were in a relationship, Dean, and then he I think fourth what? is cheated on his relationship. Dean. Oh no, Dean. Was original by far Dean the worst. was he was he was a nerd and he was weird, but he was good at first and then he was the scumbag later no but he's but also the guy who i always just i can't like it's the worst kind of guy for me is the i'm a nice guy but i'm also gonna let you know that i'm a nice guy and i'm gonna be yeah. mad that you're not appreciating me enough how could you nice do guy. this to me yeah, Rory? <laughs> yeah. um oh, that's true worst. that's a very a very fair point but yeah jess long term is the answer but jess is also like a giant baby and like also the kind of guy that like every girl i liked in high school would have dated instead of me hmm uh, Dean also fits that though. The tall no, guy. No, I feel like anything. I feel like Dean was like the kind of guy that I was in high school. Really? I think so. You think I you were think a Dean? So I think I was See, a Dean. I think I saw myself as a Jess, but I was a Logan. 
Oh, that's like the saddest statement I've ever heard. I've never felt more sympathy for anyone in my life. It's just like, oh, I'm the cool um, asshole who doesn't care. It's really, it's like, no, I'm actually kind of the preppy asshole who cares way too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, uh, hey man, it, that's what getting in your late twenties is all about is doing some analyzation. Um, Maxwell, as always, this was great. Um, let's talk again soon. Yeah. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.